Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast, it's an also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic, you can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com, or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. And the operatic section comes in. Oh, the operatic section, yeah. Mamma mia, mamma mia! Mamma mia, let me go! Beelzebub has a devil put aside for me, for me, for me! It goes on forever, six bloody minutes. I pity your wife if you think six minutes is forever. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. Banging him out. Ha. How you doing, good sir? I'm doing great. How have you been? Uh, I've been great. Since the last I spoke to you, I've been really good. Good, good. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, second film in our Oscar-nominated 
Uh, welcome to Movie Sucktastic, everybody. That's right. Let's welcome. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> welcome. This is the second of our Oscar nominee Best episodes. Picture. Best Picture nominees. Right. Now, let's... Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> if you listen to the last episode, uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, so, much like the last episode... We're, nom- uh, we're reviewing Bohemian Rhapsody. We're hoping... We're just going to come clean. Because we're only going to have to do it two times anyway. Uh, because next Thursday we'll be reviewing films that are definitely nominated for Best Picture. There, As Scott said in the last episode, there is no fucking way that we can review upwards of ten movies in four weeks. Because the nominees come out on January 22nd. Today is the 20th. Then we're expected to review ten films because the Oscar, the Oscars are airing on February twenty fourth. There's no way, not with our busy lives and work, and and families, can we review ten films in four weeks. It's and then do a live show, which will be upwards of four hours, that Sunday night. It's just not possible. There's just no so much shit going on. That means we can't take a break. We have to record every single week, and that's not always guaranteed because work and our lives get in the way sometimes. I applaud anyone that can do it. We're not one of those. So I have sympathy for us. Yeah. So we are reviewing two films. We did uh, Star is Born in the last episode and Bohemian Rhapsody in this episode ahead of the nominations because we're pretty confident that these movies will be nominated for Best Picture. And if we can do that, this Thursday, when we, when we review two more films, we'll be actually be ahead of the game. Ha-ha. So we'll be able to get all the nominations uh, reviewed and then do an Oscar show and not feel burnt out like we do every year. Because even when we have ample time, we, we, we do upwards of 9, 10, 11 episodes in... A short amount of time and then we're just like we end up taking like a two three week hiatus because we're just burnt out so this episode is bohemian rhapsody and let me tell you something if this film gets nominated for best editing i will go to someone's house and let them know what a horrible mistake that was this movie (laughs) is so poorly edited I couldn't believe how poorly edited this this movie is. The way it transitions mm-hmm. from one scene to the other, and you do. I did a little homework. Brian Singer directed this film, and oh. he ended up not being removed from the film. No Alan Smithy type stuff here, but he needed to step away for personal reasons. I believe someone had some health problems in his family, and the studios said, "Listen." We have a deadline we need to get to. You need to finish making this film. Now, at this point, from what I read, the film was com- nearly completely made. But I believe all the prime, you know, primary footage was, was done. And they just needed 5% maybe left to film. When uh, they were still making it, he had to step away. So I don't remember who they brought in. They're not credited because Brian Singer is. And... Somebody else finished the film, and I'm assuming that Brian Singer was not in the editing process, 
So that's probably why scenes transition from one scene to the other and how they abruptly end. And it just how... Like, there's... I remember one... I think it was uh, at the, the dinner table scene where they find out that they uh, are going to go talk to that one radio producer. The way it cuts back from one person talking to Freddie Mercury playing the piano to another person talking to just them sitting at the table was so poorly edited, I felt nauseous. It was like, it's bouncing around so much. It just, it was, it stood out immediately how poorly edited. And it's not just that scene. The entire film, mm. a lot of it is poorly edited, which is a shame because it's a music film. You would think the editing would be very tight, but it's not horrible, but it isn't very good in a lot of parts of the movie. And I think that's why uh, a friend of mine saw it and he said it felt like a TV movie because of all the music that they used and I, and I think editing and the way the music was portrayed. I know it's important. It's a music biopic. But I can definitely see why someone would come in and say this felt like a TV movie because it kind of did. It felt professionally I, done. But come on. I, you know, it was even worse for me because I came off of watching A Star's Born. Right. Which oh, right. An amazing well-edited. Mm -hmm. uh, and and after after that, watching this, uh, I, I had that feeling where yeah, this is kind of what I expect. You know, this is exactly what I expect. It's like we're just going to have, you know, segments, all these little segments showing parts of their history. And one comes after the other. And there was really nothing inventive or and, um, inspiring about the way it unfolds. You, you're, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say made for TV movie, but I can see where you get that. Yeah, I mean, it I wasn't the one that, that said it, but a friend of mine did, and I could understand. It's like, yeah, I could, I get that yeah. element, but it's obviously much more professionally done than that. I, I wouldn't argue in, in in defense of the film if someone said that to me. I'd be like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. but here's uh, the thing. This is not the movie that was supposed to be made. Sasha Baron mm -hmm. Cohen, not Rami Malek, was originally attached to this. I mean, this goes back to um, the, our HSX days. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen was attached to make this movie to play Freddie Mercury. Mm -hmm. And he backed out for creative differences. And that alone right there is enough for me to say, shit, this was probably going to be a much different movie. And well, I, I, think, I think I remember one of the reasons that he backed out, and it was also somebody else that was involved in, in uh, right. getting it together besides I'm a producer what have you mm -hmm. uh, one of the big things is they felt that uh, uh, the film should have been about all the band members not just for Freddie Mercury and that they wanted the, also, the movie to extend beyond his death and how the band dealt well, with it I, I know, uh, I which, know I, oh go ahead I'm sorry no I'm saying, I'm saying which I'm not I'm not ready for a four hour film on, on Queen so you know best not <laughs> well here's the thing I already know uh, in very in large part who came up and said, listen, we want this to be about the band. We want it to be about that family aspect that we had, about how hard we worked and how we came from nothing. And that actually is the existing members of Brian May and oh, yeah. uh, Roger Taylor. They were the ones that were like, listen, we don't want to see the story about Freddie Mercury and how crazy his parties were and how uh you know how much into the drugs he was and how crazy things really got with him we don't want to see that movie 
we want to see a film about Queen and how we rose to stardom. And you can have elements of that because obviously it's a part of the story, but we don't want to see that other story. And that's the movie that Sasha Baron Cohen was going to make. He was mm-hmm. going to make... Like, there's that one scene in this film where Freddie Mercury, Rami Malek, is like, listen, I want a huge party. And I want a huge party. And I want midgets. And I want, you know, circus performers. And all, and I want all of that. And you very... Hold on. Yeah. And, and priests. And priests. We're going to need to confess. <laughs> um, and they gave you that little element of, wow, that's a crazy fucking party. That sounds like a crazy-ass party. Well, they don't even really show this party. They just show a little bit of this party. They don't show how crazy well, it gets. You see a little person walking around, and it's like, okay. And you see a couple of little things in the background. But Sasha Baron Cohen's film was going to be way darker. It was going to show the more crazy, hectic, chaotic life of Freddie Mercury. And it was going to have Queen stuff in it, too. And it they didn't go for that film. So I'm sad about that. Maybe they can still make that. This was a huge financial success. I think it made upwards of like $800 million worldwide. They don't make that Sasha Baron Cohen film anytime soon. Uh, it just They just don't. Maybe once this film is several years down the line, maybe they can do that movie. But there is no way that movie gets made anytime soon. And the thing is... Because this movie is made, because they do the Live Aid, they basically just do their entire discography and albumography, and they go, f- you know, from '72 all the way to 1990. Uh, no, not 1985 uh, was uh, up until Live Aid, and then that's your movie. They, what else is there to say other than the crazy, chaotic, you know? Uh, drug uh, addicted mm. alcohol addicted Freddie Mercury story that would have to be just that story and hardly any queen in it because this movie has been made already it would have right. to be that movie mm. there's no other way to do it and and one thing that you that's some feedback coming and I'm I'm gonna be a, a lot a lot more vocal about this when we do green book because there's a lot more bullshit going on like this okay it's not a documentary no it's a fucking movie. Yeah. You and it's meant to entertain and inform. You know, it meant to be sure information's in there, but it's meant to entertain. And 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 you can't cover everything. You have to change you have to change things to fit the storyline. So people complain about, oh, historically inaccurate. Oh, he this didn't happen. He didn't know this and this happened. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> don't care. Don't care. Don't care. This isn't about that. There, there are plenty of documentaries. Go watch VH1 Behind the Music if you want like yeah. the real story. This is a dramatization of a person's life or of a band's life, wh- whichever. Any, and, any biopic is a dramatization, meaning not the real story based on a and real I, story. I got to be honest. I was a little disappointed in one part of the film where, because, you know, they're chronologically going through it. You know, 1972... You know, then they went to like I think they went to seventy five or seventy three. I said one year later than seventy five, and they're rising to fame. And then right. they put up nineteen eighty. And I don't know if you know where I'm going with this, because they're talking about everything. They're talking about doing the Night of the Opera album. 
Well, know, they're not talking about everything. I mean, they're, so well, they're talking about a lot. Well, they're talking about a, a lot of you know pinnacle points in Queen's yeah. career, and they're talking about all these things. And then 1980 comes up on the screen, and I'm like, please tell me you're going to talk about Flash Gordon. Uh, Please tell me you're going to talk about how they were signed to do the movie soundtrack. Please, as a movie fan, as a director that makes, you know, sci-fi fantasy type movies, please tell me you just mention it and they don't. And I was a missed opportunity in my opinion and I was definitely bummed. When they got to the Live Aid concert at the end, I turned to Holly and said, I, I guess they're not mentioning Flash Gordon at this point. <laughs> I, I, I guess it's not happening. I was, I was kind of hoping for that. And know. maybe there's maybe there's like a movie poster somewhere. Maybe I missed it. Maybe you got to really fine tooth comb it and you see no, again, like little hints. I don't know. I didn't pay again, attention you're, you're, that. You're hard. talking about you're talking about like uh, you're, you're trying to make a, a film under three hours that yeah. covers the entire history of this band and the lead singer. And right. there's just too much. There's too much. There is too uh, much. If, if it was a documentary, you could throw it in there. But again, again, you have to leave things out. Some things need to, need to be changed. Uh, it's just how these things work. So, you know, uh, I'm sure you could go into IMDb right now and find like a list of goofs. Says, oh, you never did this and they did this before that. It's like, it, it, just enjoy the fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I really, I, it gets on my nerves because people just don't understand. Now, um, I like liked Rami Malek as Freddie Mercury, but when I... Yeah, he's a great actor. I mean, he really is. He really nailed the mannerisms, you know, the charisma, even just, like, the body language. He really nailed it. But as far as looking like Freddie Mercury, I wasn't feeling it. I just, I wasn't. I think Sasha Baron Cohen really would have been and here's the thing too i think freddie mercury was uh six one something like that he was taller than rami malik is and Mm -hmm. sasha baron cohen is much taller rami malik is much shorter than freddie mercury was so it just not that it's not a big deal you know suspension of disbelief but it it kind of takes me out a little bit because you know he was a large stage presence freddie mercury and I don't know. I, I just, I just a little qualm for me. I, uh, what do you think? I mean, anything like that for you? <clears throat> I, you know, I, Rami Malek was great. Like you said, he's a great actor. It was great that he got this chance. I thought he did very well. Um, knowing Sasha Cohen, uh, I mean, maybe he could have pulled it off. Uh, I know, I know Sasha Cohen more as a comedic actor, and I, you know, who knows? I mean, I'll tell you one thing: uh, Rami does a lot of acting in this film just with his eyes. Absolutely. Oh, and, absolutely. And I, I, I don't know if Sasha Cohen is capable of that. Well, considering that, that, I mean, the type of stuff that Rami Malek has done, um, yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. I mean, so, there there is there's a huge dramatic element to this this role. It's not just is this right? Freddie Mercury. I might okay. I guess also I, I just looked it yeah, up. I, mean, I just looked it up. Rami Malek is five nine. Freddie Mercury. It says here he was five nine and a half. So yeah. I'm I am I I just wanted to get it out. I am fucking wrong. 
<laughs> Maybe because Freddie Mercury was such a huge stage presence, he seemed larger to me. Um, mm -hmm. But wow, okay. So they're the same fucking height. <laughs> I'm sorry, continue. I'm sorry I interrupted No, 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 you. that's really all I had to say about that. I mean, okay. when you're talking about uh, uh, if Sasha Cohen could have done, should have done it, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not the biggest Sasha Cohen fan in the first place. Do I just based on his face? Do I think he could have pulled it off? Yeah, sure, maybe. Well, here's the but, thing. I mean, but again, the dramatic—I think it's the dramatic elements of this film are what really. I got more misty watching that. Like you were talking about when we did *Stars Born*, how Mary asked you if you ugly cried, and it's like I didn't cry. What are you talking about? This film, I got misty near the end. Oh sure, just because I, I remember I mean, watching *Live Aid* as a kid on television. Oh, I'm not talking live aid. I'm talking like this dramatic stuff. Yeah, that. well, I'm but, just, uh, no, I know. But what I'm getting at, well, I'm talking about seeing it to the end of the film and then they put up all of the post-credit stuff about what yeah. happened and all that. I'm talking about that. I'm talking about seeing it oh, live and aid and just because I am to this day a huge Queen fan. I love Queen. Oh, sure. And just, it takes me back to just like Flash Gordon, watching Flash Gordon, you know, uh -huh. just like that soundtrack. I love that soundtrack. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely... I'm with you. I didn't get misty-eyed, but I de you definitely feel the emotion. Because I, 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 I left... I watched it with with Mare, and I said, you know, had Freddie Mercury been diagnosed with the AIDS virus just maybe five or ten years later, he might actually still be alive because the advancement that they've made with that, uh, you know, with that disease has huge leaps and bounds i mean i think magic johnson was diagnosed in the i want to say in the in the 90s and that dude is so healthy because the 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 drugs that they've been able to make to treat that is just astounding at this point there isn't a cure yet and i do believe that they will find a cure for that at some point um but yeah, it's it's just it's really sad because he's such a huge talent, huge mm -hmm. talent. I remember watching Revenge of the Nerds, and the end of that film is um, we are the champions. We are the champions, and it just and I just remember watching. I'm like, it's cool. They got Queen going, and it's just like that's just how Queen. That's how Queen was. It's just so good. But um, but yeah. Now I. I, I've never been that much into music, so I, I've always loved Queen's music. But I've never been like, like I didn't watch Live Aid, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't name, I couldn't have named the band members for you to save my life before watching this movie. So mean, you know, me I, neither. I know, I know band. Freddie Mercury. That's it. What I said, me neither. Yeah. I uh, Freddie Mercury. I mean, right. that's it. So, so the one thing is, at the end of the film, they show a clip of Freddie Mercury singing uh, during the credits. Right. Now, and so you get to see the people that they were actually playing in the film. Which I always like when they kind of do that because it just kind of gives you an idea. Now, Ronnie Malik, Malik, I great. He did great as it. Do I think he looked just like Freddie Mercury? No, no. I I really don't think. I, I think Sasha might might have looked more like Freddie Mercury if they did it. That's the only thing I'll give Sasha. They nailed the other band members though. All right, all right. Yeah, they kind of did, but except I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm all the members, and then we get to the Ben Hardy character. <laughs> um, no, not Ben Hardy's character. Um. I know Brian May. Yeah. The guy with the, 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 the Howard Stern type hair, the, yeah. the curly long hair. Yeah. And I'm, and we, we, they, and I'm like, that's the same fucking guy. <laughs> that is the same guy. Did they just bring him back? And, what, what the fuck? And when that yeah. actor gets old, 
I could see him looking exactly like Brian May now, old. Yeah, now that actor is uh, Gwillem Lee, who I'm not necessarily familiar with. Um, I've um, seen him in a couple of things. I think he's done more TV stuff. I, I'm um, sure I've seen him in something, but I'm just not familiar with him specifically as an actor. But, but dude, I was like, that was fucking him. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, just no. I, I just, I, did they superimpose him on that? That's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it, it, and it really put a contrast to how much uh, Rami Malek doesn't look like Freddie Mercury. <laughs> exactly. They did yeah, that they one. Even look less like him now. They did that one picture of all the band members, like looking straight up with the. I don't know what album cover it is. But it's the it could just be their first album, Queen. Um, but he's looking like straight up, all of them. It's like it's a, like a diamond of you know. There's like one at the top, bottom, left, and right. And Rami Malek kind of looks like Freddie Mercury in that shot. But it's trickery because of the shadows and everything. It helps. But all the other yeah. band members, they you if you look at it side by side, you're like, wow, they did a really good job casting this film. Now, as far as like a comedian like Sasha Baron Cohen coming in and doing a serious uh, performance, it wouldn't be the first time a comedic actor has done that. I mean, and I hate to bring up Robin Williams, but like look at his career. Mainly, you know, stand-up comic comes in. He's professionally trained, though. That's the difference. You know, Juilliard. So he comes in and he can do serious films, but then he could also do just like laugh-out-loud comedies. He was one of the exceptions, but it's not like it hasn't been done before. I mean, look at Michael Keaton, more again, known for comedies, can do serious roles. Again, it just my, all, all I was saying was, uh, I, I don't know. I think he could have, I think he could have done it, and I think he would have been fine. I think he could have made this movie with this script, the one that he didn't want to do, and I think Sasha Baron Cohen would probably be nominated for Best Actor. Just my gut. That's just my gut. I don't know. I really, honestly, again, the acting with that Rami pulls off in this. Right. Uh, Sasha would have to prove it to me. I have no faith that he could do that. Uh, <laughs> that's just me. That's well, just me. I, you know, okay. again, I'm not, I, I'm not a fan of his, but I'm not hating on him. I like some of the stuff he's done. I like, I, just, I, uh, I like him. I really do. Yeah. Let's see. How tall is Sasha Baron? Since I did this i may as well find out let's see sasha Baron. i think he's over six feet tall yeah he's six foot three so they would actually have to have different camera angles to make him look shorter mm-hmm. so but yeah he was uh sasha was originally cast to do it he was one of the big f- reasons why the movie was going to be made he mm-hmm. really wanted to do it and um it just didn't happen for him which sucks well, I think because this is a big I breakout. I would have loved to have seen his version of this movie. Eh, eh, he can do it on SNL. Uh, <laughs> I, I, this, this is a big breakout for for Rami, and it's going to be interesting to see where he goes from here, having done this. Oh sure, especially uh, especially even if well, here's the thing: if he wins Best Actor, does he do what a lot of people do when they win Best Actor? Their very next follow up is usually shit, where it's like. Yeah, I'm just gonna go make a fun movie because, you know, I, know. I I've won the Oscar already. Or it'll be interesting to see if does he not win and then just like heads on that path where he's just making serious film after serious film with like stellar because you know no matter what 
he is getting thrown scripts left uh, at him left and right. And probably right. from that, some very serious writers and directors. So he's going to have his, far, his choice. Yeah. Now, as far as Oscars go, mm -hmm. I, I, if, it, if there was not a 10-film limit instead of five for Best Picture, honestly, I don't think there'd be any shot for this film to get no. Best Picture. I, I texted you this, uh, I think I texted you last night. I was mm -hmm. like, there's no way. But, well, here's the thing. It's like I said, there's no way this is getting nominated for Best Picture. We put it in here because, you know, there's a lot of rumbling that it might. Then I saw it, and I'm like, I thought it was okay. I liked it. But yeah. I'm like, there's no way this mm -hmm. is being nominated. And now I'm reading, you know, even more stories and everything, and I'm like, shit, this movie's fucking getting nominated. There, mm -hmm. There's just like, there is a lot of just expectations that this is going to get nominated so you're right 10 movies yes five movies snowball's chance in hell there's no way this gets nominated and the only reason i think it might get he he might get a, a best actor nod is he will. because because of what and and because as as a best actor no i know but you said because you thought he because it's a biopic oh yeah, and those tend to do the, better. Yeah, Oscars are very biased towards historical pieces, biopics, and Victorian outfits. They they always default to that. Oh yeah, absolutely. So so I that increases his chances. They're, well, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, um, have we said everything we wanted to say about this though? Um. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it, uh, but like I said, it, like you said, the, Here's the, the thing, editing though. is just Here's very the thing, standard. Though. Did you enjoy it because, like how I enjoyed it, because I'm a fan of Queen and of the music? Had they had less of that, let's say, less, because they really pretty much played the hits through the whole movie. Had they strayed away from that and just kind of showed the process of how to make them and not really played any of the music that much maybe a little bit i don't think i would have enjoyed it as much i think the music really as a viewer helps you along well, to enjoy well, this movie more you you can't do a film about a musician and not include their music now that is true are you now i i thought that they were smart to an extent like uh like um a stars born was where they don't do a lot of the full songs. No, they don't. Except up until they save that all for Live Aid and just go right through their set. Yeah, and I and I and I based on the movie, the songs in the set at the end of the Live Aid are very, you know, impact, you know, emotional because they they harken back to the everything that's happened. Mm -hmm. And so that works perfectly. Yeah, and they uh, tightened I, up that Live Aid at the end of the movie really well too because that set is actually close to 30 minutes i think it's like a 23 25 minutes and the the end of the film they tighten it up so well i mean that was editing that was actually done pretty good um they tightened it up really well you know then credits and they that they did really mm -hmm. well so um but yeah it just i think without the music even if they did the music in here really well. I think that helps helps the viewer enjoy it more. It obviously helps, but, yeah. I, but I thought there was enough going besides that. I thought the the 
um, even though the film isn't about the the background so much of the other band members, right. it, it does show them interacting and how they are a family. And there's enough, you know, there's enough humor in it. And there's uh, the counteract the serious parts with Freddie Mercury. And uh, I mean, I thought that balanced well. I didn't think the film was poorly written. Um, I, oh, no, you not know, by I, any means. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. You know, when the movie's ending, I mean, Mike Myers is in this movie. He played the radio. I had no idea. I had no idea that was Mike Myers. Come on. I had no idea that was Mike Myers Come until I, I read about it later. Really? I mean, they, really? they mentioned and, him in the opening credits, and it says, and Mike Myers. I guess you missed it. The opening credits. I, I didn't know. I had no idea that was him. Okay. Uh, Queen didn't fall off the, you know, the planet. But they kind of, they waned. You know, Freddie Mercury was sick. He um, passed away. God, when did he pass away? It was in 1991. It was 92. No, it was 91. Okay. And it's the same year that Wayne's World came out. And Mike Myers was a big proponent of Wayne's World. He was the creator of that skit on SNL. Wrote the movie and whatnot. And they had that one scene in the film where they're in the car and they're listening to Bohemian Rhapsody and that shot the song to number one like years after because that came out in the 70s. That was number two. No, it was number one. It says it right in the post credits too. Okay. It said it shot the number one 16 years after its release and that just shot Queen back into like superstardom even after Freddie Mercury had passed away because it it really introduced a lot of people who in that that time period maybe didn't know about queen new introduces a new generation yeah Yeah, so i thought that they might have mentioned a little bit about that in the post credits because mike myers was in the film and i think it's smart that they didn't but i think you have to at least acknowledge it because what do you mean they did mike myers mentions it in the fucking movie don't you remember when he's arguing against uh Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. He says, "I caught this." Holly caught it. I didn't he catch says, that. Yeah. Well, hang on. Let me let me tell you what the point was. Go he's, ahead. he's arguing against it, and he says, and he's arguing. I've never heard. I never. I did not know the film. I love my ca- song. I love my car existed. Oh, me so neither. I, <laughs> I am oblivious to this. So I thought it, that stuff was hilarious for me. And he said, and he's saying, "I love my car" is a great song. He said, "Yes, yeah, the kind of cup song that you know kids can really, you know, get, you know, sit in their car and listen to and bang their heads over." Uh, that, was direct, <laughs> that was a direct reference to Wayne's World. It, it really was. It, if I had known that was Mike Myers, it would have punched me in the face. I didn't even know that was Mike Myers. I so. totally overlooked that entire scene. When he said that, and he says, you know, I love my car, and he said the line, and I heard the line, I just kind of chuckled, and I was like, all right. But now that you say it, I'm like, oh, my God. I feel I feel like a bad film reviewer right now for not <laughs> Listen, catching it. it. You can't catch everything. I, it was just it was just a moment. I was like, yeah, like, Holly, Holly was like, yeah, yeah, Wayne's World. <laughs> I totally well, fucking missed it. Well, she wanted to watch this movie, too. She was really into it. Yeah, so did like, Mary. Like, like two weeks ago, she's like reading all this stuff on him. Like, oh, she's telling me everything about like um, his 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 musical his, history and what he did and and you know the origins of the microphone uh, that they show in the film and right. all that stuff. You know, she was she was like bombarding me with this stuff weeks before, like a months before we actually got to see it. 
So, oh, I did not. Well, it makes sense that they don't mention anything about Wayne's World because they got it in there. I just didn't know they got it in there. <laughs> That's funny. Oh my god. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, let's rate this. I guess this is actually rated higher than A Star Is Born at eight point three. Um, that's, I mean, considering how good A Star Is Born is and how it yeah. literally nailed everything that it tried to do from its directing and acting and editing and music and just the movie as a whole, it, seem, it, it seems crazy to me that this is rate, rated higher. But again, I think the music, the music that they chose yeah. is so good that... You can't help but enjoy it because Queen is enjoyable to begin with. So I think that what is what propels it into the higher score on IMDb. And I, and I don't agree with that. So I, I feel like a seven. I think a seven is very appropriate. Yeah. I mean, a seven I, is I, I still. I mean, you, you if your movie gets a seven, consider consider that you have a great film. You know, uh, mm -hmm. eight and nine and ten is is reserved for films that if you watch. 20 years from now, it's like, shit, this is still a great movie. You know? It's I, like, that's what I, I find was, those scores are reserved for. I think it's a decent film. I, I think a lot of it was well done, but mm -hmm. I don't think it I don't think it should be nominated for Best Picture. I don't I either. Don't. I don't either. I really don't, but, you know, it probably is. Or will. Yeah. Or so, is. But I, I, feel, I feel strongly about the 7. 7 is good. I'm on board with the 7. All right. All right, let's go ahead and end this shit. That yep, way yep, we yep. get back to our regularly scheduled programs. All yeah. right, everybody. <laughs> Thank you again, as always, for joining us for yet another episode of Movie Sucktastic. Go to our website at moviesucktastic.com and listen to the show there. Hang out with us live. Download the show. Put it on any device that you like. Um, so go ahead and do that. Go to our iTunes uh, uh, and download the show or listen to it there. Go to facebook.com slash moviesucktastic and everything we do from when we go live to movie trailers to just whatever goes on there. Um, you can go and leave us an email. The address is themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. If you want to leave us voicemail, the number is 908-514-4470. And you can download the mm -hmm. Android app. It's 100% free. Everything I said is in it. Any words of wisdom, Mr. Wilson? Hey no, that's a different no, song. That's, uh, <laughs> not doing a banana tree song. I that, that, that's obviously why I did that. <laughs> Try it again. Ew. Ew. All right, it's good enough. Good enough. Yeah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> Give me a break. All right, everybody. Talk to you next week. Bye bye. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs>